Hello, everybody, and welcome into Family Face Off. Courtney Lachlan, Craig Lachlan. Dad, you know that we're live, right? I do is know that. Well, I, I, can I drink? <laughs> yes, it's oh, been live. Awesome. No, it's great to have everybody along this uh, special show. I know Cats fans all know I talk about my IPAs and my love for beer, but I do go to wine. And you know the reason why I'm a wine guy now? Because of Joe Beninati, my play-by-play -play guy, mm -hmm. he is a wine connoisseur, but not as much as the guys that will be joining us today. So we're so excited um, to kind of do this new Lockers Libations live edition, and we have members from Vineyard 36 joining us at on the show, Dad, like yes. I said, live. So we have Jason Ernest, Tim Gleason, Cam Ward, former NHLers. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Um, cheers, and this is cheers. awesome to have you on our, on our show fun. and on our live show. I, I think, Courtney, of the group here, there's probably four of the five of us working. There's probably at least one retired. I'm not saying Cam Ward, but I'm just saying really retired. <laughs> so what have you boys been doing? Give me an update, Cam, Tim, Jason. What have you guys been up to? Tim, take the lead, buddy. Go ahead, Tim. Well, I, I took a couple years off from the game, but uh, I'm kind of back into it. I work with Carolina and the development side of things, and um, just kind of keeping busy with that. Love it, kind of back into it. So the, in about two or three years now, so really enjoy working with some players. And uh, but other than that, just kind of a little family time on the side, and uh, kind of getting through all this uh, messy part of the last year. But other than that, it's all good, and um, looking forward to a kind of a getting out of this mess and getting into real life again, really. <laughs> awesome. And Cam, you're retired, obviously, sitting down at some beach house. What's going on <laughs> in your life? Yeah, so uh, one of the luxuries of being in North Carolina is the uh, the beach isn't, very too, uh, isn't too far away from, uh, from Raleigh. So um, luckily for us, we have a beach place uh, uh, here in Topsail Island, uh, two and a half hours away from Raleigh. So I'm kind of enjoying the uh, the retirement life, and there's not a whole lot going on. But uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, uh, the focus has kind of been in the winery, and uh, appreciate you guys uh, uh, having us on today. We love having you guys, and I know Jason has to be the brains of this operation. So, <laughs> I know you're a local guy, and these guys are laughing because I know because it goes smarts wise, it goes forwards, defense, and then goalies. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> but let's go with Jason. Jason, you're a big part of Vineyard Thirty Six. Just tell us you live locally. How did yeah. you get involved with these guys? Yeah, at the time I was living in North Carolina and, and I had an uh, investment in a previous winery, an Napa winery, and I met Cam through a wine dinner and uh, fast forward to doing uh, a bunch of wine dinners and going to uh, going out to dinner before games and having a glass with these boys. And uh, I had sold my that business and, and was living in New York. So these guys would come play, the Rangers and Islanders would go out, have a steak, have a, have a few glasses of wine and naturally the conversation turned to you know what would it take to start our own so uh you know the name vineyard 36 we took uh cam's number 30 and tim's number six and combined them together and um you have a few of the bottles on your table there i've got a few next to me but i mean you know we from the get-go the wine it was all about the wine i mean both these guys will, will tell you as collectors and and wanting to do this we didn't want it to be a you know hockey wine we w didn't want it to be a gimmicky put our name on something and and sell a 20 dollar bottle 
uh, as collectors and people that are, and guys that appreciate Napa Cabernet, we wanted to go out and make world-class wine. Um, so we have some subtlety in our, in our names of our wines, the label design in the shape of an NHL hockey rink, mm-hmm. gate marks on the, on the label that you'll, that you have on your table there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's fun to have some of those subtleties, but, uh, I guess the exciting thing for all three of us is to be recognized by some of the world's, you know, most respected wine critics and producing caliber wines that are up there with the the greatest states of Napa Valley. Well, I'm a beer critic, but I love your wine. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, my question, I mean, for either Tim or Cam, um, how did you guys kind of figure out that this was something that you wanted to do? And Cam, I think I read that you had gotten into some wine on the road. I know my dad used to. Drink well, yeah, because but, you, but dad, you used to drink Bud Light. Like I know he, I did. he did not. I, drink I, I'm sure what he got into wine because I read the story that Ray Whitney wanted to make sure he bought dinner. Okay, so so how did you get? <laughs> so how did you guys get into wine? Let's start with Cam. How'd you get in to wine as a hockey player? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you, you're actually you're completely right that uh, I always kind of credited uh, Ray Whitney as being the veteran guy that uh, got me into wine. Um, but you know how it is when you, you turn your pro, you're, the, one of the benefits is that you're, you're, you're traveling a lot and you're going out for dinners. And I always found that Ray Whitney was the guy that, uh, will get the wine list at dinner and, um, you know, make his selections and it really just kind of piqued my interest. Um, I obviously never were, in, was introduced to wine until I turned pro. Um, and I just found that I had a liking towards it and, um with that i found that i I absolutely loved napa uh valley cabernet and uh from there it became i loved to be a a collector um that's you know if you were to come over to our house and you're you're more than welcome anytime when you guys are down oh thank you uh, you know my please do you get invited at all or by the first invite I gotta put the, line, the the lock on the door for uh, Blaze, but uh, okay. So you're um, a big collector. You're a yeah, big collector. So my my baby is the 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 wine seller in the house, and uh, um, so I became a collector early on. And what I loved about being a collector was finding those hard to get bottles of wine that uh, that you can share with your friends and and uh, and, and enjoy over. Um, you know, that's what I found that I really enjoyed out of it, and. Uh, in turn that's exactly what got me connected with jason um like he shared with his story of uh, met at a at a one event one evening and, and kept in contact and uh um you're right jason is the brains of the uh the operation <laughs> and um and it was able to to bring this whole um whole thing to life we always kind of talked about uh, i'm sure jason will talk about the story of you know how it all started but uh um, he was the one that was able to, to bring it to life and essentially get us going. And I knew that if I was, was to go, come, go into the business, I wanted to do it with my best buddy. And that was Tim Gleason. And, uh, um, you know, for, we, we obviously have a good friendship and relationship, uh, which initially began with, with us being, being teammates in Carolina and, and respecting the way that he played the game. So, um, yeah, but Jason, uh, totally brought it to life and here we are today, uh, a decade later, um, you know, checking off all the boxes and, and trying to produce a, a high caliber wine that uh, we can be all be proud of. 
So, Tim, do you guys kind of have different roles or responsibilities? Yeah, my dad's kind of given said Jason is kind of the brains behind the operation. <laughs> but maybe from, I don't know, do you guys do you guys have different things? And when you go out to California or you taste the wines, you guys kind of each have a different role when it comes well, to the label? Well, yeah, if you, if you don't buy the wine, Gleese is the enforcer. We'll bring in the intimidator. So do you guys have roles, though? I mean, not that a little, like you said, that Jason's kind of the guy that, you know, you know, kind of gives us the details, the updates, the things, what's going on. He does a lot of, a lot of the hard work up behind the scenes. Um, you know, as far as I guess I speak for myself, it's more, you know, if we, if we can get out to California or, um, you know, local tastings or dinners, things like that, you know, we try to do those things as much as possible, obviously depending on um, people's schedules, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, we do what we can when we can do it. So, right. um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of ran like that. And now, Jason, I, I'm going to read something off your website because I, guys, I absolutely love your website. I, I think it's spectacular. And people, please check their website out. Um, you did a lot of research. Vineyard36.com. And I think it's fabulous. They've got wonderful pictures. They have great files. They have their wine main wine guy and talks about all the stuff they do out in California. And one of the quotes I read, the pillars of foundation, all good ideas start with passion, all great ideas prosper with the team. So is this a real team? Like you guys look like you're just having a blast here and everything you do. I mean, that picture on the website tells me a big story about you three, Jason, just, just sort of tell everybody out there listening about that teamwork you guys have. Yeah. I mean, you know, Cam touched on it, and I, I know that all three of us feel the same way. And, and that is the best part of this business is opening a bottle of wine and sharing it with our friends or your family uh, and the stories that come out of those times. I mean, that we live for those uh, those moments. Uh, we joke sometimes. I mean, we do have some some of our top wine is, is expensive. You know, it's a $225 bottle of wine, uh, but it is truly unique and special. You can kind of see there. Uh, if you can have an idea of what that represents, the oh yeah, of the Stanley Cup, mm -hmm. and so people sometimes will say, "Well, I, you know, I don't know when I'll ever drink that wine." It's like the moment you pull that cork, it'll be a story. And so, um, you know, the three of us, we uh, are all involved in every single aspect of vineyard vineyard selection, uh, the label design, the lab the the bottle names, um, and you know. I couldn't even tell you who's thrown out ideas for each, but every single person has contributed to, you know, just everything that we've produced so far. So it's great. I mean, the, the, the best thing for all three of us is when these, when the new vintage gets bottled and, uh, you know, we sit around and we pop that cork and it's like, man, we're, we're, <laughs> the, the pride that we have for coming as far as we have, I think is is you know what the best part is okay i want to ask you put you each one of you guys give me your favorite you've done and tell me if i miss one foundation black aces by the way which i love because i was one of them for years five bands which i love about the stanley cup bands just give me a quick synopsis of each and which one each one of you guys like and we'll start with cam is that a tough choice is that tough I mean, obviously, I I, I got to go straight to the top to the uh, five bands, but uh, right. 
I mean, the juice, like Jason was talking about, the juice speaks for itself. Uh, we understand, and, you know, the collector in me is talking that it, it is uh, an expensive bottle of wine. Um, but uh, to our defense, that uh, everything lines up with the juice. Uh, our winemaker, Keith Emerson, um, does a phenomenal job with it. And I, when, J when Jason and, and Tim and I recreated the uh, Five Bands label uh, recently, and it just makes for a unique bottle. It's just uh, the whole, the juice, the the the, the look, um, everything about it is unique. Uh, but you can't go wrong with the Black Aces. I always kind of talked about the Beckstoffer fruit of the George the Third. Um, it's phenomenal every time you open up the bottle. And um, I think Black Aces and the Five Bands are the two kind of wines that you want to complement it with uh, a nice little steak uh um i did that tonight so i'm gonna really, really, I'm gonna really <laughs> and, and really i don't, yeah, I don't understand why am i drinking foundation <laughs> that? Yeah. Like, come on boys okay you're before dinner so that's okay <laughs> okay timmy your choice yeah yeah I, I i go right to the black ace that's kind of uh you know my my cup of tea uh, my price range that I like to go after, um, you know, obviously the five bands is uh, elite and, you know, uh, it's for special times, but that black case, I'll tell you what, it, it's, I, I think I was talking to Jason maybe a week or so ago about, man, I wish I had two or three cases of that. So <laughs> uh, I never seem to have enough of that, that type of wine, but yeah, that would be my go-to for sure. And Jason? Yeah, the problem is I have to remind these guys we are a business. <laughs> if, if we drink everything that we have, then they gotta write that in the contract. Come on, that's why Jay's the brains of the company. <laughs> so, what's your favorite? Uh, you know, we're all Cabernet guys. I mean, so uh, again, I lean with the boys on the aces, but I tell you. Uh, that, that foundation that you're having, uh -huh. uh, you know, the three pillars and you read about it, they represent the three of us and we uh -huh. spoiled it in silver to represent Tim's uh, silver medal for Team USA in the Olympics in Vancouver. So uh, that's a special bottle. And I mean, this is a bottle that's distributed, uh, you know, in, in several states around the country. That's a bottle you'll see in the wine list and things. And it's, it's stellar. Now I heard like and Jason, I know when we were talking trying to set this up, you said that you guys have a new wine coming out. Um, you know, I don't know, Tim, Cam, if you guys want to comment on that. What can we expect? Can we when, expect? Is it, when is it coming out? How is it different from the other ones? Wait, I didn't know Jason has it. He has it. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are like, wait a second, it's not out yet. There's nothing in it. So oh, we drank it already. Uh, well, <laughs> okay, well tell me about your newest wine. So the, uh, the, we actually, you know, we, we're focused on the Bordeaux varietals. So the Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Cabernet Franc, that's really where we focus and try and get fruit. And, and so we wanted to come out with a Cabernet Franc. And, um, and we kind of, this is actually a prototype bottle, um, but it's completely wrapped in like the, the signature Vineyard 36 skate marks. And then, Very cool. And then uh, with our NHL shaped logo, and we call this bottle the King Storm. And, uh, you know, talking hockey, it was a subtle reference, but it's a reference to the night that each of these guys took, took the ice as an NHL player. So uh, wow. it's, a, it's a good segue for each of them to tell that story because they're both phenomenal stories. Well, yeah, tell me about it, Cam, your first game. Go ahead. 
Yeah, well, yeah. So we wanted to talk about our, our debuts, and that's where the King Storm came from. And obviously, for right. myself, it's the the Canes. But uh, I'll never forget my my first ever NHL start uh, uh, back in two thousand five was against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, talk about coming on the ice and and seeing a guy like Mary Lemieux on the other side, and uh, Sidney Crosby was uh, was fresh, uh, new, um, and yeah. I mean, we uh, that was actually at the first year of the uh the NHL shootout so uh long hmm. story short I ended up going into a shootout and we uh I got to face uh Mary Lemieux, Sigmund Palfi and Sidney Crosby and uh essentially got my first NHL uh uh win my first NHL start so it, it, it's definitely <laughs> wow. a, that's uh, spectacular yeah, it's definitely a, a memory I'll never forget in my NHL career today uh, it is one of the best uh best memories I had in my career and that's Timmy awesome. Mine, mine was. Uh, I grew up in Detroit or around Detroit area, um, and I was with the the Kings at the time. And my first game was at Joe Louis Arena. So, and my favorite player growing up was Stevie Eisenman. Um, so I was actually my coach did me a favor that night to uh, be, put me in the starting lineup, and um, across from me was Stevie Y um on the uh, opening face off so uh, you know he had a bunch of family there i don't know i lost a lot of money buying tickets that day but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was a great memory and, and it was great for my family to share with me at that time that's fantastic i actually played my first game at the joe and like i was minus i think three with the montreal <laughs> canadians back in the day and i said that was a thursday night and i thought for sure i'd get sent home and rajan ul i think was hurt and happened to get to play the next game after coming from the American League, and we played at the Forum back in the day. And you remember games, but my first game I remember because the guy said, I'm a college kid, and he says, you're playing left wing. I'd never played left wing in my life. <laughs> and I said to Coach Claude Ruel and uh, Bob Barry at the time, I said, yeah, okay, I'll play left. And I remember back in the day they had a guy named Reed Larson who could absolutely bomb the puck. And I remember being like minus three. And I called my wife at the end of the game. I said, I'll be coming back to Nova Scotia. <laughs> but it ended up okay for me because I played well the next night in Montreal or whatever. But we always forget our, you know, fans always ask me, what games do you remember? I, there's few and far between that you actually remember. You remember some big moments, but I'm sure you guys agree with me that you remember all the time with your teammates in the locker room. That's what I miss the most still to this day. Um, great stuff there. Um, okay, so let's talk now. Wine outside of Vineyard 36. Are there wines out there that people can go out? They don't have to be expensive, but they're a great wine, or maybe they are expensive, but they're a wonderful wine to pick up and enjoy. Yeah, like some of your favorite. Yeah, your guys' favorite that you would have available to go. Who wants to start? Uh, I'll chime in because. Yep. You know, it, it is really, it really depends on where you live and your, if you, if you have a good wine shop and I know the boys, uh, in Raleigh and, and obviously North Carolina has a, a, a big following for us. And, and there's some great wine shops that carry small producers like us. And that's, you know, that's what you want to do is you want to go in and leverage, you know, let, you know, your, your local wine shop and you mm -hmm. want to tell them, this is what I like and let them turn you on to some, some bottles. I mean, Maryland, where we are, unfortunately, is just a tough one because it was an illegal state to ship wine to from Napa. So if you ever came to Napa mm. and visited, you couldn't buy wine and ship it back home. So the wines that are carried in, in Maryland, unfortunately, are just 
the big mass produced wines. Right. Correct. So that's tough. But I mean, I know, you know, like in North Carolina, the local shop these guys go to, I mean, they have everything that you would want. I mean, it's like a candy shop for. for <laughs> guys, any ones that you like would say, hey, I need to have it. Cam, uh, you've got to have a couple that you might <laughs> crack open the odd night. I, I know you I, do. I do, I do. But uh, um, you know, I think that's when you have to pinch yourself and kind of realize how fortunate you are to be able to crack open some some fine bottles of wine. But uh, one of the wineries that got me really into wine was Continuum. Um, again, that's a, a another high um, high end wine, but uh, essentially. You know that relationship with them kind of is what got me into not only collecting, but uh, it kind of went to show the business side of having a you know a relationship with your customers too. And so that's kind of kind of what we kind of preach too with Vineyard Thirty Six is that you know when you buy our wine, hopefully that we can kind of connect and and you know like when you're when you're having the foundation wine right now in front of you, you know I think you know I I hope that when you when you go back to it you, you reminisce on this time when we had this you know this interview and that's kind of the whole that's what I enjoy about wine um you know so I love going down to Napa Valley and be able to uh, see the beautiful properties and and be able to take a wine from you know the estate and then put it in the wine cellar and then bring some friends over have a good time and then uh reminisce on that great memory and you know I think that's what I I love about the wine and Continuum did that for me initially. Um, I mean, there's so many great wines. What I'm drinking tonight is uh, is called Blackbird. Um, um, again, I'm marking this uh, down, Cam. Continuum, <laughs> Blackbird. <laughs> I'm hoping people out there are doing that. Okay. You're not going to want to write down Continuum. <laughs> yeah. How, how big is your piece of paper there? <laughs> well, that's good stuff. So you've got some go-to wines. I know Gleese is a grinder, so he probably has some inexpensive yeah. bottles he can oh. share with us. <laughs> Come on, man. You're a grinder. Yeah, I, I got some grinders. Um, you know, my, my go-to's lately been uh, Schaefer 1.5. You know, I'm probably not too familiar with the price range. Probably around 80 bucks, 80 100 bucks. Got it. Uh, Mount Veter we, we like as a cab. Um, so those are a couple that, that we, that we like Chapelet's and other ones, a cab franc. Um, so, you know, that's kind of my price range, probably around 80 to a hundred, 120 bucks. So those are my, uh, kind of every dares or I, I don't have a seller like Jay has or Cam. I have <laughs> <laughs> a fridge. Do you have a fridge and that's it? Well, I got two fridges. But, <laughs> you know, they hold about a hundred so bottles, but I, I'm more of a, uh, I don't, I, I'm more. I'm a little bit different. I, I like if I if I go get it in the in that next week or week and a half, that bottle's probably going to be gone. So I kind of just <laughs> keep it going, you know. Um. So Jason, where can people buy your wine? Yes, it, do, you, do you distribute that. anywhere around here in Maryland, or no? Is it mostly just through your website? Uh, you know, per, predominantly the way we sell our wine is on an allocation release, and what that means is you sign up on our website. And you put your email in and you're going to get an email from us, you know, twice a year, pretty much. And, and what we do is we open the allocation up and we, you know, based on how long you've been a customer, we you say you can have X number of these bottles, each of the bottles that we have. Um, at, the way we're moving now, we're going to probably do a spring and a fall release. Um, so we'll release uh, a couple of wines in the spring, a couple of wines in the fall. 
and uh, we do it predominantly via email. We have distribution in, in some provinces in Canada and internationally in Japan and Puerto Rico but, and throughout the United States and a handful of states. But predominantly, we, we sell direct uh, through the allocation. And they can go right to the website to sign up? Yep. Then actually, April 2nd, we are going to be releasing an allocation. So sign up between now and then, and you'll get an email with an opportunity to uh, secure some of these wines. Good stuff. Okay. I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk a little hockey before we let you gentlemen go. <laughs> and we'll start out with Cam, rookie year, 2006 Cup champion, Conn Smythe winner as a rookie. And I want to just talk about that season and how it unfolded for you because I talked to Laviolette the other day, and I did not realize this. Was the starter at the time when you took over Martin Gerber? And then he yeah. sort of, did he get hurt or was he feeling, he just said he wasn't himself at the end of the season. Yeah, so, I mean, initially, so I ended up playing, I think, 28 games during the, the regular season in my rookie yeah. year. Uh, predominantly uh, backing up uh, Mark Gerber, and he had a phenomenal year. Uh was mm -hmm. a big reason why we ended up finishing where we did. Uh, I think he actually had maybe 38 wins during the regular season, 39 maybe. Um but yeah, so we go to the first round of the NHL playoffs. Uh, we're we're facing Montreal, and he, from what I remember, he wasn't feeling well. Uh, he got sick, um, and things didn't go well. And in game one, uh, game two didn't go well, and I got the opportunity to go in and in, in relief. And we ended up coming back uh, in game two, and then losing the game in overtime. And I'll never forget going down to the to. Montreal to go face game three. We're down two nothing now, um, right? Against Montreal and um, going back to the Bell Center. And uh, before I got into the elevator, Coach uh, Laviolette, like you're talking about, um, that I'll be starting game game three in Montreal. And um, <laughs> he asked he asked if I was ready, and I said, "Man, I've been waiting my whole life for this opportunity. I'll never forget, you know, going you know, to warm up in in Montreal at the Bell Center and." I mean, you know how it is. The Bell Center, yeah. the atmosphere, the atmosphere come playoff time is, I mean, I don't know if there's there's much better than that other than um, I got to, you know, Carolina, obviously. And maybe <laughs> of course. Maybe, of maybe course, Washington. Washington. Maybe Washington, yeah. yeah. So, um, for all the fans listening. But, um, you know, it, it uh, that was, it, when I look back at my career, and, and, and I'm very fortunate to be able to play a lot of games in my NHL career, but. Game three against Montreal, my first playoff playoff start uh, to this day uh, is is one of my my most memorable moments, and um, we were able to ring off uh, uh, four straight and uh, you know beat them in six, and then I ended up winning my first seven in the playoffs, and and then going again. I, am I rambling off? You got another question? I no, I love this. Yeah, this is awesome. I love this, and then. <laughs> Yeah, I want to get some wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then you go through. You, it's quite the run you guys have there. Yeah, yeah. I was like, how, how much time do you guys have? But uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So then you know we go to the Stanley playoffs, and you know I'm, I'm I'm playing against the Edmonton Oilers, and for people that don't know, and don't bother me. I need a, another yeah, glass yeah, of wine. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. So I'm from Shore Park, Alberta, just outside of Edmonton, and I'm you know so it was kind of uh you know playing against a team that I grew up watching. And so it's kind of crazy how things all work, work themselves out. And, uh, you know, definitely is a season I'll never forget. 
Cam, kind of follow up question to all of that is, I mean, we've watched Alex Ovechkin for years. Um, what was that like to <laughs> stop his shots? Like, it's one time. Are you think like, you'll give any one of these, Cam? Like, oh, <laughs> this big. come on, please block this for me, man. Yeah. So, uh, um, well, I'm I'm glad you said stopped his shot because I didn't stop too many of his shots, but. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's clear that he has, I mean, if not one of the best uh, releases in, in the NHL and is a superstar. I mean, he's one of the greatest players to goal scorers there to ever play uh, the game. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, a funny story is I, I, I can't remember what year it was, but I think that it was uh, he, going, he had 49 goals uh, going against us and so he, I believe, I can't remember what year it was, but he ended up scoring his 50th. But I, the story is I, I forgot, or, or I was, I knew he was on goal number 49. And we were playing them. And I, I, I sweat all the night prior and the day of, and I'm like, there's no way I'm letting this guy score his 50th. I, mean, I, I do not want to be on ESPN and TSN and DNA. Get him doing the the stick is hot kind of thing, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so it ended. He ended up he literally five ten. I think it's five ten minutes into the game. He came down the wing, came shot through our D men's legs because it was a screen. I didn't see it right. And then, uh, Blame it on the D. Uh, yeah, yeah, and went right over my shoulder. And I'm like, well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. <laughs> I literally. No, you like. Cam, are you like most goalies that say his shot moves a lot? Um, like I talked to a lot of goalies, and they say it gets up on end, it turns, it, it curves, it knuckles. Yeah. The hard thing, like I always found, not only with Ovechkin but just Russians in general, is their curves are so hard to read. Um, gotcha. You know, and obviously, I so uh, I I remember early in my career, uh, Ovechkin came one day when we were playing Washington. He asked for a. Uh, signed a goalie stick for, of mine and i was like are you kidding me and i was like well if he wants one of my goalies i want one of his sticks um, <laughs> so, you know so i got one of his sticks at my at my house and uh the flex on it it's literally like a, bl- a boomerang like it's, it it's is. amazing how nonchalant he is with his release and it literally comes off like he's the one guy that can literally score from the boards anywhere on the ice um just just based off his uh, off his release but i always found the curve was hard to read where it was going and it's an awesome transition cam because now i'll go to a guy that used a two by four um (laughs) (laughs) wait a second did i say that wait a second i didn't mean to say that please i i I, I, this one is hitting me hard Hey, I gotta be on. I gotta be honest. I never even pay attention to flex till like two years ago. <laughs> so okay, please. You played a lot of years. You played. You had some time here in Washington. What was it like playing here? Uh, I actually loved it. Um, I I was there long enough to snag one of those sticks of Obies, and now it sits in my boys' room. So um, it was it was a good three four months. I, I loved the city. Loved the team. A uh, great group of guys there. Obviously, the core is still there. But, uh, yeah, I, I love my time there. If I had an opportunity, I would I would have loved to have stayed there. Um, but, uh, you know, it was a short stint. But at the same time, I had a blast there. And I got a quick story. I actually brought a six-pack of wine. Um, I shouldn't say six-pack, but uh, <laughs> a half a case of wine. Beer talk the, now. The, 
Yeah. <laughs> a half a case of wine in the locker room one day, kind of just spread it on the table. Figuring like a guy would, you know, a player could take a bottle maybe. And I didn't have much wine at the time, but um, and I, I think it was Carlson that I found out the next day that took all six. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, he goes, well, it was all in one bag, so I just took it. Like, and he was the one grease, right, that drank it out of the Stanley Cup. Yeah, he he drank, he might have drank the uh, rosé, the rosé out of that, actually, I believe. So, wow. anyways, that was a quick story from, but 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 I love my time there for sure. And what about tell us, tell the fans out there about just playing with a guy like Backstrom and Ovechkin as a teammate. What was that like? Well, it was. It's interesting because, you know, playing against Obi for how many years, um, it was always like, oh, no, here he comes. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and just, again, short stint. But it was always like if we were down, you wouldn't necessarily – sometimes he's quiet, Obi, and all of a sudden, bank it's in the net and you're tied. Mm -hmm. Or you're, then he puts you up. It, it, was, it was unbelievable to see a guy that and – he, and he's a beast – and I didn't like, I know he was a big guy playing with him, but you know, you see him differently around the room and it's, he's a beast. Um, and I, you know, I was a fairly uh, big person. So, uh, you know, just seeing him around and the way Backstrom was just the way he handles himself, like practices or just in general, just the way he makes plays. And, you know, he's a soft spoken guy as far as what I saw and, um, just, just two excellent players, and obviously they're still going, and they'll be going for a couple more years. But it's, it's definitely fun to be a part of that for that time. So, do you guys? You go ahead. Do you guys think? Is he gonna reach? Gretzky. Is he gonna reach Gretzky? Is he gonna tie Gretzky? Let's go around the horn. Let's start with Jason. Is is Ovi gonna catch Gretzky? How many left? How many does he have to get there? It's like one eighty-two. Oh shit! Yeah. Jason, Jason, <laughs> go. I, I can't even ice skate, but I'll go with yeah. <laughs> okay, Cam. Um, I think I, I don't. I think it's one eighty two. I think it's one eighty two. He needs the shortened seasons. I think and the shortened seasons going to hurt him, right? And then now, I, I, I don't question that he could do it. It's whether he wants to do it by still playing. Maybe I don't know. Uh, he's thinking that they're hoping they can ha hammer out a four or five year deal, and then he wants to play back in Europe. I'm sort of thinking he's going to just miss Gretzky. Gleese, your thoughts? Yeah, it's not. A, it's it's hard to say yes or no, but that's a boatload, and, and the way the seasons are going and things mm -hmm. are up and down and around. Maybe, maybe I can. If you know if he signs that a four or five year deal, maybe he ends up doing it. Cam, were you going to say you're going to come back? Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll run your car and make it happen, guys. I'll make it happen. Okay, one last question, and then we're going to talk a little more wine and let you go. Um, the Wilson hit. Your guys' take on it. I'm sure you've all seen it. Come on, Gleese. I thought it was a hockey play. Give me your take. Well, if you, I mean, they slow it down. Like He's coming pretty quickly, I believe, and his head goes down. So now if his head stays up, maybe it's – a, a fine hit. It's just the way his head goes down it, and it's. I, I'm I'm skeptical on the head hits. Like it's so hard. It's like yeah, sometimes, and I don't mean to prolong this. This, but like you're going so fast, and it's a, it's a quick reaction. And some mm -hmm. some things go out of whack, and you know it's it's a timing thing. But you know, at the end of the day, like I hope he doesn't change his game. Just but you know, at some point he might find that he has to change it because it's just smoking him. 
But, you know, I, I played with him, and, you know, he was just coming in at that time. Huge fan of that kid. I'd uh, love to have him on my team, and uh, I'm hoping hopefully he does not change the way he plays. It's just it's, – it's a tough – it's a tough call, but, I, you know, again, you, you see the clip. It's If he's coming that quick and his head's up, maybe it's fine, but since it kind of goes down, it looks like. I mean, it doesn't look like he targets just the head, though. You know? Correct. I agree with you. Cam, your thoughts? Oh, man. Uh, I, I, I didn't actually see the play as, as much as, obviously, Tim is describing yeah. him yeah. as being a, a player. But I I agree with him when we're saying about Tom Wilson. I mean, I mean the, the way that he plays, he's going to teeter the line, right? It's uh, But at the end of the day, for as much bash as maybe people want to want to give on the hit or whatever, I, I I don't know what the hit was really like, but there's uh, I would definitely sign that guy on my team. I would uh, he would want to be on my team. So um, you know, it's just uh, I, I I'm not really sure. I'll just I knew I shouldn't have asked a retired guy. <laughs> yeah. my, my my uh my clips of the game are very small now. <laughs> okay, what about Jason? Come on, man, you're local. You got to tell me something here. You know, I I I, uh, I watch a handful, but I, I'm I'm still in the age group with these guys in the old school and and thinking mm-hmm. the the game is the game. And they can obviously players talk more to this than me, but the game is just different. And uh, you know, at some point, like they said, he's either going to change or or he's going to get fined. <laughs> okay, buddy, let's wrap this up, Jason. You guys have been wonderful. Just give a little lowdown of Vineyard Thirty Six once again, and what people can expect if they go to your website and how they can order your fine wines that I absolutely love. I'm a huge, huge advocate. Uh, yeah, we got, we, got, we got work to do now. And we got work to do tonight, but don't worry. It'll be done in about an hour. But go ahead, Jason. Give us just one more last tidbit on Vineyard 36. Well, obviously, uh, on behalf of all of us and, and our team in California, we want to thank both of you for having us. I mean, of course. Uh, it, these are always great, I mean, uh, to get on and, and, and hear some of these stories. As a guy that, you know, is a fan. I, I, I know what fans want to hear and boys <clears throat> are so good. I, I, I can hear them over and over again. So, you know, we just combine, um, you know, passion and wanting to create something that you want to share with friends and family. And I mean, you have a lot of choices. You have thousands of wines you can choose from at the end of the day. Um, we make wines that you want to open and, and tell a story and tell these kind of stories that we're having tonight. And so, uh, we welcome anybody to, to join our site and to become uh, familiar with our wines and, and kind of grow as we grow. And uh, I think some of the greatest things that we have are, are original customers that have been with us forever and, and seen the, the growth and, and the direction that we're going. And we hope uh, people can join that journey with us. And your next one, if they sign up now, is April. You're April, saying the next release? April 2nd will be the email with the okay. uh, release. Uh, we'll probably ship that one uh, hopefully towards the end of May. Um, and then we'll have another one in the fall. I love your That's philosophy. Awesome. It says our philosophy is to create powerful, elegant, and complex wines. You guys have hit it out of the park. Um, and this has been so great. This, hasn't it, this Courtney? This is awesome. Yeah, and for anybody out there that's listening or watching, you can visit vineyard36.com to get all the information that Jason was just there sharing. Um, this was awesome, guys. Thank you so much. I got to be honest. Four great, four great people that are working their butts off and one retiree. 
It makes for a great show. It does. I don't usually get to drink. I don't usually get to drink wine with my dad because he's usually on the IPA. So this was awesome. So this is a great story. So we thank you guys so much, Jason, Camor, Tim Gleason. Um, this was awesome, you guys. Thank you so much. Cheers. For joining Cheers. Us. Thank you so Cheers. much for the time, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.